I'll let you. You're better at breaking news, Sam. I generally just bundle into the room and say <laughs> your dad's died. So I'll let you do it. <laughs> Audience, Tom and I have some sad news. As I'm sure you've noticed, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, since our break and then return, we haven't exactly been on top of everything. <laughs> we we thought <laughs> we thought that we had time to make the podcast again. And it turns out we we really just don't. And so rather than string everyone along, it is time to bid farewell to That Was Genius on a permanent basis. Certainly for the foreseeable future, by which we mean probably... 24 years. and a half years. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes. So when our kids leave home, it's gotten too much and it's affecting our lives trying to get everything done, which is not really, not something what we do this for. Frankly, we do it for the money, which is Which was poor. a stupid... <laughs> <laughs> Which makes you think, why have we kept going for three years when we were doing it for the money? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> no, that, that, that sounds very um, ungrateful, incidentally, to our patrons. No. We do appreciate the love and your wallet. Yeah, we do, we do. We're hugely grateful to everyone who's listened in over the last three years. And for those who I know is still around, who stuck with us since the beginning, thank you so much for all your support. Uh, in terms of the patrons, what we're going to do is we're going to... Leave a note on the patron site, uh, basically saying that we're no longer active. If you want to go in there and listen to the 20, 25-odd patron-exclusive episodes, I think it's about that, um, then you can go in, you could pay for a month, and then you you can just cancel your subscription once you listen to everything. Uh, If you are a patron, we'll be refunding everyone for this month again, and then just leaving a note up saying, if you're done, please cancel your subscription and get get your money back. We're sorry that we can't be back in full glory and form but you know this life is, this is what it's like are... for sam to break up with you jesus christ it goes on <laughs> <laughs> mumbling over his months. drink just spit it out well i'll let tom finish no, thank off, you then. very much everyone i really have appreciated it it's been great fun and thank you sam as well it's been a pleasure it's been an honor it's been good to relive our teenage years uh, yeah that's what midlife crisis is about isn't it <laughs> yeah. leather jacket how are you I'm good, thank you. Yeah, we uh, recently had a little trip to Great Yarmouth. Which is, I hear, I hear significantly better than shit Yarmouth. Mmm, lesser Yarmouth, yes. moderate Yarmouth. Towns are missing a marketing trick there. Uh, on the sign as you go into the town. Just Yeah, just officially <laughs> rename it. Great Yarmouth. <laughs> better than the ones nearby. Yeah, just <laughs> rename it fucking brilliant Scarborough. Anyway, we were in Great Yarmouth. And I, I, we walked up and down the beach and I found... Four fossils. Get me. Wow. Four fossils. I'm, I'm sure. I'm day, sure. Gertrude, Edith, <laughs> Cleo, and Agatha were thrilled. Cleo. Cleo. I don't know. I just couldn't think of old lady names. <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't go. The other three were good. That's more like Ethel. it. Ethel. There you go. I'm sure, they were thrilled. Cleo might have been one of their cats. Yeah. Yeah. Fossilized in the in the 1970 strata. <laughs> of the soil a load of old ladies <laughs> the bell bottomiferous there's a there's a Michael Barrymore tape um, <laughs> Michael Barrymore live excellent fossilised <laughs> wonderful oh, see. there appear to be an awful lot of prawns fossilised in what appears to be a rock made of ancient jelly here <laughs> <laughs> prawn cocktail reference I'm guessing <laughs> yes anyway I found four proper fossils an ammonite and um, some ec- some echinoids, and I was really pleased with myself. And on the second day, I was looking for a long time to get them. Anyway, came back. Uh, my eldest went back to school on Monday, and he said, "Could I take the fossils in to show people at school?" And I was like, "Yeah, of course you can. What a good idea!" And I was very proud of these fossils. And then I went to collect them, 
and he said, um, oh yeah, I gave two of them away. <laughs> <laughs> I gave one to the teacher so that the whole class could look at it and keep it. And I gave one to a girl who was crying to stop her from being upset. I was such a good parent, Sam, because I didn't say, you little turd, what have you done with my fossils? <laughs> get back in the classroom and get them. <laughs> they weren't for you to give away. I said, what a lovely thing for you to do to make someone feel better. But on the other hand, you've made Daddy feel very sad. Remember <laughs> so you'll that. you be spending the evening <laughs> in the washing basket. <laughs> this is a long preamble. Yes. Good. I'm glad you found some fossils. Hello and welcome to That Was Genius, the little history podcast in which Tom... Hello. A man of once many fossils and now few fossils. And Sam, a man of no fossils. If only someone would give me a fossil. Discuss history stories on a theme each week. We decide the theme a couple of weeks in advance, but everything else that happens is a surprise. And Tom, what's the fucking theme this week, you tit? Hunting, swearing, fart, cheese. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's swearing. It's the, the subject. How did you know my nickname swearing. was Fart Cheese? <laughs> Captain Fart Cheese to you. Admirable, Admiral Fart Cheese. <laughs> Not because I'm an admiral, just because my farts are admirable. Yes. General uh, Fart Cheese. <laughs> Major Fart Not Cheese. <laughs> Not because I'm a general, but because my farts are just general. <laughs> yes. Non-specific farts. Non-specific. Anywhere, <laughs> anytime. Yeah, swearing. I, I, I had a lot of fun this week. And I... it's definitely one of those weeks where my sources are going to do the talking. I've just got some cracking sources, and I'm just going to read them out. Excellent. Excellent. It's going to be more like a recitation. Fantastic. Lazy is the... <laughs> <laughs> is what, what we were both thinking. Yeah, <laughs> marvelous. Uh, well, it's my turn to go first this week. I've arbitrarily decided. Maybe it's not. Who knows? I'm going first. Though. <laughs> hit me, hit me with your twat stick. Let's get <laughs> on with this. I'll hit you with my my shitty bastard dick hole twat stick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a fun episode, audience. But I feel like I'm going to have to click the explicit tag on when we upload. <laughs> you mispronounced fuck. Ha <laughs> ha. I've got a very boring story for you today, Tom, because I'm going to talk about street names. Mmm, that sounds really boring. Where yeah. could you possibly go with this? It would be fun and sweary. <laughs> Captain Piss Shit Street is exactly where I'm going. Um, <laughs> because I'm going to be talking... Ask Alley. <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> among others. Uh, because, Tom, <laughs> I'm going to be talking about the medieval habit of just saying what you see. Uh, because life was too short to... <laughs> Pussyfoot around with flowery language. <laughs> That's catchphrase. <laughs> That's, yeah. So we've talked several times on this podcast before about how medieval kings were given often cruelly ironic names. John Barry the Big ha- Knob. Yeah, Barry Big Knob. John the Hairy. <laughs> Fully yeah. bald with a tiny John knob. John the Hairy. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was purely a hobby amongst the elite who had time for such frivolity whilst um, not having to just survive on a day-to-day basis for the ordinary classic regal banter i know it was just hilarious oh glorious the court was bloody funny i mean just the banter was amazing yeah we caught the archbishop of canterbury he was the archbishop of banterbury oh Oh, so funny you should see his banter on crusades we called him billy big knob because he had like such a tiny knob (laughs) (laughs) scarf And then we chundered all over the Wailing Wall. Yeah. 
You would not believe. <laughs> uh, well, actually, I'm going to start off with the Bible, talking about the Crusades, because to illustrate the point about medieval language and the fact that, well, they said what they saw, there were many words which were used in medieval times that we would consider swearing today, just a little bit coarse, but they really weren't at the time. And we're going to take a look to uh, exemplify this at the late 14th century Bible translations by English philosopher John Wycliffe, who was, of course, most famous for his musical career spanning such hits as <laughs> Killing Thee Softly With Thy Song, Be Thee Ready or Nay, and of course, No Wench, No Sorrow. <laughs> Wonderful. Very good. <laughs> and what so, I also like is I don't like to be shocked, Sam, so I like to see it coming. That's, <laughs> what, <laughs> that's my favourite jokes. You just, you know it's coming. <laughs> you just sit back and enjoy it. Absolutely. I don't, I, yes, I mean... <laughs> Our audience are generally frightfully intelligent people, but we have to play to the lowest common denominator among them. Us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. So John Wycliffe did the incredibly brave thing of translating the Latin Bible into common Middle English, an act which actually got him posthumously declared a heretic by the Catholic Church. It turns out his translation into common English was into very common English, <laughs> which has left us with some rather amusing Bible passages, Tom. <laughs> For example, this passage about praying the plague out of Israel from the book of Samuel, chapter 6, verse 5. Book of Sammy. Book of Sammy. <laughs> and ye shall make the likeness of your asses, <laughs> spelt A-R-S-E-S, and the likeness of the mice that destroyed your land, and ye shall give glory to the God of Israel. So, yes, make giant asses of <laughs> and point them Fight at God. Fight your bum is basically what you're saying, isn't yes. it? Yes. Absolutely. And genuinely in the, in the in the Bible, this is arses. Also, he didn't really have a word for intestines because that's Latin and he was translating into the common English. So instead, any any reference to intestines in Wycliffe's Bible, Tom, he refers to them as arse ropes. <laughs> and finally, Tom... Arse ropes, right. And finally, take this particularly vivid reference to hemorrhoids from Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 27. Ask not. And the Lord will smite you with the boils of Egypt on the part of the body by which turds are shat. (laughs) (laughs) So the point is that the English at the time had a way with words. And that way was simple, no nonsense, say what you see, common sense, Tom. <laughs> Does exactly what it says on the book. Does exactly what it says on the arse. <laughs> and that applied to every part of life. Men, for example, were named after their professions. Mr. Hooper made barrel hoops, Mr. Smith was a blacksmith, and Mr. Turd, and Mr. Turd cleaned the privies. <laughs> Genuinely, Mr. Turd. Well, yeah, it's an unfortunate name today, and it really died out in the 19th century. It still um, exists. There are still turds around. It's very popular in Afghanistan, where it means something completely different. There is currently oh, okay. one turd living in the UK, in North Yorkshire, <laughs> and I suspect, I suspect he's Afghani. But in I've the met a-, a lot of turds in my day to life. <laughs> The last time it really properly appears in the in the UK is in the 19th century, with census data showing the last two turds in Hampshire in the 1890s. <laughs> uh, there's also five turds in Peru. Unfortunately, Which I think was, was a smash hit by Barry Manilow. <laughs> it was five turds in Peru. <laughs> Unfortunately, whilst researching rude medieval names, I discovered that fuck 
originally used to mean hit, uh, which does kind of make sense, I suppose. So I had to throw away my notes on the wonderfully named individuals John LeFucker, born 1278, Henry Fuckbeggar, born 1286, and Simon Fuckbutter, born 1290. <laughs> Fuckbutter? <laughs> Simon Fuckbutter. Sounds like a Vic and Bob character. <laughs> or a product. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this advertised near Valentine's Day. <laughs> I can't believe it's not fuck butter. <laughs> <laughs> it's fuck Marge. <laughs> it's sunfucker oil. <laughs> oh, Lightly dear. salted. <laughs> so, my point is, people back in the day weren't afraid to call a turd a turd, and that translated into street names, Tom. Before the advent of maps, it was useful to know by looking at a street what went on there to help you navigate a town and get where you wanted to be. So, traditionally, Broad Street was the widest street in a town. Market Street had a market. As Fish- you approach to the street with the brides. <laughs> We're getting on to that. <laughs> oh, sorry if I preempted a joke. <laughs> uh, you haven't preempted a joke, you've preempted the rest of my story. Oh, fair enough, I get it. So, uh, yes, Market Street had a market. Fish Street had fishmongers. Shite Bum Lane <laughs> in London. <laughs> There's, was, a, there's a shite bum lane in London. There was a shite burn lane, a shite bum lane, and a shite burn lane in London. <laughs> shite bum lane, presumably where the cesspits were cleaned out, and shite burn lane where they were the curry where they were burned. Yeah. <laughs> there was also a shitwell way in London, presumably, <laughs> presumably located next to news agents with a decent magazine rack and a family-sized box of fruit and fibre. <laughs> and not, not just a really, really groggy water at the bottom of a well it wasn't just like the worst well around <laughs> shit well <Harry>. yes <laughs> daddy daddy i've got a turd there's a turd in the bucket dear liza dear liza there's a turd in the bucket <laughs> dear liza the turd all right kid you take that home take good care of that <laughs> quick slap it on the side of this wall to knock it out that's tea that is <laughs> <laughs> there were whole unfortunate villages talking of a uh, shit, shit well named after what went on there uh, and there still are in fact a, a couple of them around Shitterton in Dorset is a village oh, yeah. named after the stream full of turds which flowed through it and after the turd family had finished splashing around they took a shit <laughs> in the river before heading back to Hampshire <laughs> is that genuinely why Shitterton's called Shitterton? Shitterton so there's a lot of humorously named places in the UK like Bishop's Knob Devil's Ass, yada 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 <laughs> um, as far as I'm aware and people have done research into this Shitterton is the only one which is actually scatologically named it's named after the fact that people used to shit in the stream in Shitterton <laughs> It's March the 3rd, and you know what that means. <laughs> Do a poo. Do a... <laughs> poo in the River Festival. <laughs> yeah. Incidentally, it's the village from where the game Poo Sticks originated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shit off a bridge and see who comes out first. <laughs> Speaking of small villages, many villages in and towns in Britain still have a lover's lane, still have a road called Lover's Lane. This was literally the road where teenagers would go to make out. <laughs> Likewise, there were plenty of piss alleys and piss lanes too. Uh, Four piss alleys were destroyed in the Great Fire of London. Uh, Alas, whilst (laughs) Lover's Lane has survived as a street name because it seems kind of quaint, uh, most of these roads were renamed kind of from 
Tudor times onwards as language changed and the idea of what was vulgar or not evolved and the last few were renamed in Victorian times. Um, Bonkers Lane. Bonkers Lane. So whilst Lovers Lane... Glenmarsville Bonkers Lane. (laughs) Knee Knocker Alley. (laughs) (laughs) So whilst Lovers Lane has survived because it's kind of cute and quaint, unfortunately the originally equally common fucking grove hasn't. (laughs) Fucking grove. (laughs) Fucking grove. But here's the thing, Tom. Fucking grove. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, are we here? (laughs) <laughs> Are you fucking someone oh, again? Gigi, I'm prostrate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know someone spunked in me eye. I'm blind. <laughs> I'm blind. I'm blind. <laughs> as, the, as our resident Geordie, I'll let you explain Biker Grove. Yes, yeah, so I, was just th- I was just thinking, we haven't probably got many listeners who know what Biker Grove It was a children's Newcastle soap. Um, kind of drama series for kids set in Newcastle. Yeah. yeah. But here's the thing, Tom. You had streets for markets, Market Lane. You had streets for shitting and snogging. But you also had streets... At the same time. (laughs) Have some class. (laughs) Have some dignity, Lash. You'll never get a husband. Snog Turd Avenue. (laughs) (laughs) Snoglog Avenue. (laughs) Well, unfortunately, the Victorians, in their prudishness, renamed Rim Road Ring Roads, so... (laughs) (laughs) Rim Roads... (laughs) You also, of course, Tom, had streets for fucking. And those were almost universally, Tom, called Grope Cunt Lane. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from one which was mentioned in legal papers from London in 1393 as a licensed street for prostitution, which was called Cock Lane. <laughs> yes, every major town and city in England in the medieval period had a Grope Cunt Lane, usually close to the market where the inns and hostels would be for fairly obvious reasons. But here's the thing, Tom. It was a purely anatomical name. There was nothing saucy or humorous about it because cunt was just the accepted anatomical word in use at the time for vagina. In fact, Still is. A surg- yes. <laughs> well, there's a surgical anatomy textbook from 1400 which states, and I quote, In women, the neck of the bladder is short and is made fast to the cunt. <laughs> <laughs> so, Grope Cunt Lane was quite literally the road you'd go down to grope a cunt. And um, once you've finished, once you've finished fondling Jacob Rees-Mogg, you could hire a prostitute. <laughs> he is a cunt. He is a cunt. I think we can all agree that he is a cunt. Insert your own unpopular politician of choice here. <laughs> the thing is, by tracking the appearance and disappearance of the names of these streets in parish registers, you can actually piece together a pretty good image of the state of the national economy at a time when records are otherwise very sketchy. There's been a serious piece of research done by historian Richard Holt and archaeologist Nigel Baker of the University of Birmingham, who I think lectured me and possibly you a couple of times whilst we were at University at Birmingham, that studied sexually suggestive street names around England in the medieval period. I mean, that's where you're going to go, isn't it? If if you're going to get a specialist, get a specialist in an area that's fun. (laughs) Yeah, if you're going to do a PhD in history... (laughs) So they concluded that there was a close association between streets with the name Grope Cunt Lane, which was almost always in the centre of town, and that town's principal marketplace or high street, by which you could infer that once a town got a Grope Cunt Lane, it was becoming large enough to become a market centre. You could literally track the economy and the growth of British towns and cities by the (laughs) saucy street names. (laughs) How good is that? Brilliant. And in case you're wondering... Nowadays, the streets are generally called Grape Lane or Grape Road. So every time you see a Grape Road or Grape oh, Street, yeah. it's, it was originally Grape Cunt Lane. 
And there were five in London, one in Newcastle, one in Glastonbury, one in Wells, one in Banbury, one in Bristol, one in York, Shrewsbury, Worcester, Hereford, Southampton, Oxford, and a few others as well. But those are the, those are the big ones. So really, you know, a lot of... They were the big cunts. Yeah. They were the big cunts. <laughs> they were the, really, particularly, particularly, I think... Uh, Newcastle wide. really was a magnet for <laughs> <laughs> very wide street. Yes, broad cunt, broad, broad <laughs> cunt street. And that is me, Tom, with a whistle stop tour of funny swearing in medieval English. Well done. I didn't come across anything like that when I started my research. That's brilliant. Thank very, you very, very much. Good. And look at me. I managed to actually discover some genuine historical research around. I know. Swearing. You even you even referenced the authors. Cool, blimey. I did. Look at me go, like a proper historian. Yeah. Anyway, right, so I went down a different route this week. I visited the Ancient Graffiti Project website. Oh, what's the address of that site? I'd like to visit it. Just Google Ancient Graffiti Project. And that's probably okay. the best way to go. Yeah. <laughs> so um, essentially, do your own fucking research, Sam, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. lazy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you referencing, I'm not, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, so listeners, if one of you looks after their website, all those rather odd search terms you had a week or so ago were mine, um, it would appear to be a project run by an American professor with the assistance of graduates and undergraduates. They sort of do field trips to places like Pompeii and Herculaneum on an irregular basis, searching for graffiti and making note of it. Ah. So the word graffiti comes from the Italian word graffio, meaning to scratch, and most historic graffiti is scratched into walls. In fact, it's reasonably common to see scratched graffiti in churches if you pay attention in the UK. Our local church in our South Cambridgeshire village has scratched graffiti from the 19th century as well as some more recently. Incidentally, just because <laughs> someone did Dave something... Dave shagged better here. There's a bit of that going on. Yes. Um, <laughs> There's quite a lot of that going on in like the Hagia Sophia, isn't there? Is there? There's a lot of Viking graffiti from, oh, I think, yes, possibly yes, yes. Varangian Guards in yeah. uh, Istanbul in uh, Hagia Sophia. There is graffiti from the Varangian Guard in Istanbul, um, and uh, probably Hagia Sophia. And I think it says something like, Sven was here. Yes. <laughs> this was where Sven had a herring. It was very tasty. <laughs> and he watched over have a wank. <laughs> Frank was sitting here, knitting himself a lovely jumper. <laughs> With a high neck. He got into his Saab and drove <laughs> off to his job as an architect. <laughs> <laughs> Had a lovely beard. So, anyway, just because someone did something 150 years ago, i.e. graffiti the church, doesn't mean you should do it now, though. I think it's important to mention that. Nobody cares <laughs> that Barry loves Sheila 2008. And there's plenty of those around the local church in my village. <laughs> Since then, you probably got married, got fat, had children... Have grow, have grown up to be cretins, had a midlife crisis, and got divorced because Barry got obsessed with CrossFit and ran off with a twenty-one-year-old. So not even you two are going to look back at that piece of graffiti fondly. So keep it to yourselves. It's interesting reading your notes that you wrote two weeks ago, isn't it? Why <laughs> 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 were you quite bitter? <laughs> yeah, yeah, had a bad day recently. I also visited Ely Cathedral with my family. An interesting fact: it's right next to boring, boring Oliver Cromwell's house. Ah. Other interesting fact, it's not made of eels, despite the name. No, it's not. They play a very small part in its architectural relevance. But a big part of the local economy, because Ely is actually named after the eels that were farmed in the ooze, which is the river that runs through it. <laughs> eels in the ooze. Ooze in the ooze. It was actually part of Dane law, as you can tell by the name, um, the topography. Ah. Eely in the ooze. <laughs> if the uh, turds of Hampshire came to visit and... Strip naked and dipped their buttocks into it. They'd be the R's in the ooze. 
Oh, is that what you're going? The arse. <laughs> the arse in the ooze. Ooze arse. So, yeah, so anyway, Oliver Cromwell's house, and he actually still lives there. He spends most of the day sitting on the front porch waggling his stick at people. <laughs> Get off my land. You're fucking. Put your skirt was, down, you skirt down, your Fucking Lord Protector, I was. <laughs> so <Stop> showing elbow. <laughs> Watch with all this colourful clothing. I didn't realise Oliver Cromwell was a pirate. Pirate. <laughs> it, it started Irish, went a bit piratey. <laughs> anyway. They always do. It turns out being pious, self-righteous, gruel-enjoying and warty-nosed is the elixir of life. Um, the cathedral has lots of graffiti from the Middle Ages and afterwards too, including on the enormous... The enormous? The enormous. The enormous. Stop it. Including on the enormous, prominently positioned tomb of a Protestant chap responsible for getting all the sculptures removed from the alcoves all around the cathedral. Clearly the sculptures were a bit too haughty and fancy pants for a Puritan, but a whopping great tomb with neon lights saying, Take me to heaven, God, me old mucker, was acceptable. Yes. I was better when I wrote these notes. You were, weren't you? That is a particularly dick move, though, isn't it? Have all the statuary except your own removed. <laughs> except your, your whopping great too. It's really funny because we were walking around the outside of it and I was doing that dad thing of making questionable statements about the history of the, of the, of the cathedral. Yeah, probably 14th century looking at that. And um, <laughs> I saw the end, you know, based on nothing. <laughs> I have no idea. The cornicing. The cornicing says it all. Yes. <laughs> anyway, I saw that there were lots of alcoves on the outside of the building. I said they would have been sculptures and they were probably removed during the Reformation. We went, then went inside and we having a look around and I was just reading the little plaques that were on all the tombs. And lo and behold, I discovered the man who fucking took them down. Yeah. He's lying. <laughs> you know, there's a little statue of him reclined on top of his tomb <laughs> with a pineapple over his crotch. <laughs> Hello. Nobody likes idolatry here. <laughs> Where did the pineapple <laughs> over the crotch come from? <laughs> it's just sassy. <laughs> just... Fair, fair enough. <laughs> a bit of sass. So back to the ancient graffiti project. Handwritten ancient sources are few and far between. Egyptian papyri are a good source, as are the wooden Vindolanda tablets from Hadrian's Wall and the Bloomberg tablets recently discovered in central London. Then there's Pompeii and Herculaneum. And these two famous archaeological sites are where the ancient graffiti project focuses its attention, although not exclusively. Uh, these two Roman towns, as we all know, were covered in ash when Mount Vesuvius erupted in AD 79. Such an unusual event gives us an unusually rare insight into the lives of everyday people. Doing everyday things like getting squashed by rocks. <laughs> buried in pyroclastic flow. <laughs> fucking each other to death. <laughs> We, we've established from studying the corpses in Pompeii that the people of Pompeii really enjoyed crouching down, holding their heads. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very few of them could walk. <laughs> all the evidence suggests that they were, in fact, based on all fours <laughs> and spent most of their time asleep. <laughs> in corners of the room. <laughs> There is no evidence to counter this, so we must assume. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Anyway, such an unusual event gives us an unusually rare insight into the lives of everyday people who have always made up the majority of the population, unlike clerics, the educated and nobles that we know lots about. Admittedly, they are more fun because they do things like fight each other and build castles, but it's nice to have a bit of information about the drudgery of everyday life for the great unwashed. 
the Great Depression that was working life <laughs> the through misery, the entirety of human civilization. The monotony. <laughs> <laughs> God, imagine what people did just to survive. Would that the, the, be fun to study? I'm not going to study cunt fuck lane or whatever it was <laughs> why would i want to do something fun like that when i could study the toenails of everyday people through history <laughs> the toenail tipping yes. habits <laughs> collect a new edition every week episode <laughs> episode one toenails of the ancients just 4.99 <laughs> 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 the great mysterious and growing nail of Tut. <laughs> Tootsie. <laughs> so, so this is where it all gets a bit silly because I basically searched through this website looking for rude things and I have a long list of very satisfactory results. Let's enjoy them. These are from the Herculets. <laughs> these are from the Herculaneum baths. My pronunciation of these um, these ancient names might be a bit sketchy. Apolise, the bedroom attendant, with Dexter, slave of Caesar, ate lunch here most agreeably and also had sex. <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> Next one. Um, these are again from the Herculaneum Baths. Fig rolls and fellatio. <laughs> Fig rolls first. The warm-up act for Barry Manlow. <laughs> Five turds in Peru. <laughs> um, <laughs> Here's another one. Two friends were here and they had a servant named Aphroditus who was terrible at everything for the whole time. So they finally kicked him out, then spent 105 and a half sesterci, most delightfully when they had sex. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, again... Someone's just, so I think someone years later has just come back at the end and just written, and had sex. At the end, <laughs> at the end of every graffiti, yeah. It's like a really childish Banksy. The final one from the Herculaneum Baths that I found funny. Apelli, Apelli's moose was here with Dexter. Strange name, Dexter. Anyway, we lovingly had intercourse twice with two girls. That's nice. Yeah, and Here's, lovingly had intercourse twice <clears throat> with two girls. So, <laughs> there's a lot of brotherly love going on there, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> Slightly longer graffiti here from Pompeii. Eleven days before the calends of December, Epaphra, Acutus, and Octus took the women Taish to this place for fifteen asses. The price was five asses each. Written in the year when Marcus Messala and Lucius Lentus were consuls. Hmm. <laughs> Just thought you'd record that, did you? On a wall. Why not? Yes. <laughs> nice of them to give prices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what... It's basically a rough guide. It's the, the prices to expect. Um, this is the lonely planet. Yeah, that's it. After that graffiti, her price is doubled. <laughs> Knew she was famous. Now, here's the third... So the third legion in Pompeii... An ass, an ass was a coin, wasn't it, at the time? Yes, it was. It was a coin, yeah. And then we have the Third Legion in Pompeii. Uh, slight aside here. There were three Third Legions of Rome in the first century AD. That's confusing. Uh, the, exactly. The Legio III Gallica was founded by Caesar during his war against Pompeii and was formed of men who had fought for Caesar and Gaul. The Legion ended up in Syria. The Legio 
3 Parthica was founded by Mark Antony and was based in Egypt mostly. Then the Legion 3 Augusta, which was founded around the same time and ended up in Africa. I have no idea which one was responsible for the following graffiti in Pompeii. Quote, the men of the 3rd Legion were here. Farewell, Rufa, because you suck well. (laughs) (laughs) Rufa? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, not, not like someone who puts tiles on your roof. No. <laughs> I was going to say, whilst you're up there sorting out the guttering, <laughs> got, a little, got a little bit of a blockage in my drain. <laughs> uh, and there's a second one. The men of the Third Legion were here. Brackets, incomprehensible series of letters. Bracket, farewell, prick. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, men of the Third Legion. <laughs> yes. It's a selection of simpler Which engravings. Which prick do you think they were talking to? <laughs> I don't know. Could have been one of the roofers. Uh, could have been one of the plumbers. Could have been. <laughs> Here's a selection of simpler engravings. <clears throat> I want to screw. Vitalia, you <laughs> fuck well. Moolah performs fellatio. Nice blowjob. I'm fucked here. Hosphorus fucks here. Placidus fucks whom he will here. Here I have fucked many girls. And that wasn't a haiku. It's all that of was a series. Sim- yes. <laughs> that was a series of separate engravings. <laughs> that was me thinking you were trying slam poetry again. <laughs> <laughs> Just a list on one bench. <laughs> yeah. There is much Greek graffiti listed on this database, although much of it comes from the Greek town of Smyrna. <laughs> There's a subtle difference between this graffiti and that of the Romans, and I can't help but feel that it strengthens stereotypes we have of the ancient Greeks. So here we go. Let me bugger. (laughs) A messenger, (laughs) or angel, is buggering me. And bugger the reader also. (laughs) A messenger, or angel. (laughs) I don't know. Either way, he's dressed as a FedEx man. (laughs) (laughs) And he has wings. It's the short shorts that do it. (laughs) The little brown shorts and the little brown (laughs) van. driving excessively fast in his van. Uh, next one, I bugger. There's an orchestra of angels and they're Buggering sucking on the my knob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm buggering an angel. I'm buggering an angel. I'm buggering an angel. Yeah. I walked into an empty room. Suddenly my penis bloomed. Because they're sitting in a corner. Was an angel with an ass. <laughs> how many episodes? 130 or so, and we first referenced to you with mix. Lovely. <laughs> it's taken a while. And then there's I bugger, followed by incomprehensible series of letters. Then there's incomprehensible series of letters, I bugger, followed by incomprehensible series of letters. <laughs> then there's I am being buggered, and finally, I- <laughs> he is being buggered. That's just a Latin lesson, isn't it? That's like <laughs> the life of Brian, the graffiti Buggerius, scene on the wall. Bugglio, buggerium. <laughs> it's like I bugger is like I robot, but with more <laughs> anal. <laughs> Isaac, which, <arsey> mov. <laughs> yeah, which Will Smith tracks down a sentient vibrator. <laughs> I have feelings too. <laughs> Sounded a bit like Stephen Hawking, didn't it? The vibrator. <laughs> the thing is, I don't want to leave this in the podcast, but 
a Stephen Hawking shaped sex toy is an excellent episode title. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, not just sex related, this graffiti. Here's one. Mikio, Kio, Kio, you broke the wallet for your defecating father. Consider the state of Mikio. Oh, Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. You, you shat your father a shat. <laughs> hey, Mickey. So, hey, Mickey. Say that one again. I don't. I didn't quite understand that it's, one. It's Mickey, oh, Kio, Kio. You broke the wallet for your defecating father. Consider the state of Mickey. I must admit, it, it does no. look like the sort of English you'd see written on a Asian person's shirt <laughs> when travelling around Japan. My. My one souvenir that I desperately wanted when we went travelling and we went to China was that I wanted to bring back a truly appallingly translated T-shirt. Yeah. And I managed to find one. Unfortunately, not in what I would call a Western size, so it's far too small for me. Uh, But I just got a T-shirt with a sultry-looking woman on it, and it says, that's not my lemon. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. Uh, fantastic. My brother spent uh, one of my brothers spent a year in Japan, and he uh, he has quite a few photos of silly shirts he's seen. And it was around the same time that it was fashionable. Well, I don't think it was ever fashionable, but it was borderline fashionable in the UK to have sort of Japanese or uh, mm. Chinese, whatever the, the the symbols, you know, the the written symbols. And um, I do wonder whether we were just as bad. Oh yeah, definitely. People walking around with shirts saying. No left turn. Here's my trumpet, madam. Um. <laughs> That's some of the graffiti from Herculaneum, isn't it? Where are the drain pipes, my dear? Anyway, now the following are second-hand, and I was unable to confirm their authenticity, although they are widespread on the internet, so I, I imagine they are authentic. Here goes. Quote, Weep, you girls, my penis has given you up. Now it penetrates men's behinds. Goodbye, wondrous femininity. <laughs> Good to know. Clearly, an important moment in that man's life. That he oh, wow, to absolutely. Yes. Nice to see people coming out of the closet, even back in ancient Rome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And being willing to share it. Absolutely. A little, it was, yeah. yeah. Next one Theophilus. Don't perform oral sex on girls against the city wall like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Chai. I hope your hemorrhoids rub together so much that they hurt worse than, <laughs> than when they ever have before. Oh, what a curse! Yes, it's a bit of Deuteronomy there, isn't it? <laughs> the boils of Egypt. <laughs> Amplicatus, I know that Icarus is buggering you. Salvius wrote this. <laughs> Apollinaris, the doctor of the Emperor Titus, defecating well here. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought you should know. Singundus, <laughs> yep. defecated here three times on one wall. Wow. On one day. Usually I share it amongst the walls. (laughs) Uh, Next one. We have wet the bed, host. I confess we have done wrong. If you want to know why, there was no chamber pot. (laughs) Sounds like something that Samuel Pepys would write. (laughs) It would, yes. Also, it doesn't matter. If there's no chamber pot, don't just piss the bed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's cutting off your nose to spite your face, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) I'm I'm going to lie here in my own cold, wet piss. (laughs) For the entire night, and it's your fault. <laughs> I told you, I warned you. <laughs> I warned you I would. Now look what you've done. <laughs> this is your this is your own fault. <laughs> so, so can you stop? Now you have to deal with my pissy trousers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, next one. Anyone who wants to defecate in this place is advised to move along. If you act contrary to this warning, you will have to pay a penalty. Children must pay, number missing, silver coins. Slaves will be beaten on their behinds. <laughs> Adults, shit on my wall. you'll get away with it. <laughs> Stop shitting on my wall. What? It's a bit like a sign in Soho just on someone's front door. Soho in London, this is, that just says, no prostitutes at this address. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the next one. Restituta, take off your tunic, please, and show us your hairy privates. <laughs> <laughs> next one. Lesbianus, you defecate and you write, Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and finally... God, people are puerile, aren't they? I know, Just, so we, childish. We haven't grown. I know. This is what happens when you study everyday people, isn't it? Yes. Back you lose it. faith in humanity. <laughs> And last, the last one is the one who buggers a fire burns his penis. A little moral there for everyone. Sage. Yeah, yeah. I think that was written by Aesop when he went to visit. <laughs> and let me finish with a rather odd. But... Aesop's annals. <laughs> annals. Annals. Sorry. Let me finish with a rather odd but beautifully detailed piece of graffiti from the Roman market in Athens. Just oh, to finish on, us off, I bind you, Theodotus, daughter of Aeus. To the tail of the snake and to the mouth of the crocodile and the horns of the ram and the poison of the asp and the whiskers of the cat and the forepart of the god so that you cannot ever have intercourse with another man nor be fucked nor be buggered nor filleted <laughs> and not do anything for pleasure with another man if it is not me alone, Ammonium, son of Hermeteris. Wow. Oh. Someone's a bit possessive. Jealous? Yes, absolutely, yes. Red flag. Someone's got issues. Anyway... Uh, there is my uh, my contribution to this week's episode, and it was very Beautiful, easy Tom. to research. <laughs> yes, Control C, Control V. <laughs> that was pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. All right, put in italics because it's a quote. I like my notes to be presentable. Marvelous. Don't even bother to research how to pronounce the names. Why bother that? <laughs> Nobody cares. I I never have. Yes. <laughs> Marvellous, marvellous, marvellous. Thank you, Tom. That was very interesting and educational and informative, and I feel like we've all learned something today. We have. We're, we're leaving this episode wiser individuals. We are, but don't worry, audience. We haven't done your feedback yet, so that'll bring it right back oh, down again. Oh, fuck me. Yeah, okay. Well, I think we just need to do a quick welcome to Marita Lee, Tom Hingston, Kinter, Shaza, Luke, Dan, Kay Nordle, Kate Mayton, and Courtney Crooks. We've had a lot of new patrons. Fucking hell. I thought that was just one person's name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We had a good bit of feedback from Peyton. Oh, he sent us a message about um, an almost war. Um, ah. Great Lakes State of Michigan and the shit state of Ohio, in his own words. Um, <laughs> which sounds quite interesting. I think we might have to research that. Uh, yeah. Robert Brend gave us a lovely uh, pun about Machiavelli. The pan justifies the beans, which was a much better philosopher cuisine pun than we came up with in an episode about three episodes ago. Um, yes, very Bill, good, thank you. Bill introduced us to Tycho Brahe, Bra, Bray, Tycho Brahe, who is a ridiculous historical figure, Danish chap. It was a really good suggestion for Bill. I looked this guy up and he, he is ridiculous. Um, Oliver was checking in on us, presumably to check that we hadn't had a massive 70s rock band-esque bust-up and just weren't talking to each other. And then we've had lots of suggestions. Giants from Lisa, Ozzy Bushman from Luke, who also pointed out we missed an avenue of silliness when talking about San Marino and its infinite matches. We could have talked about tinder 
Good oh, we could have yeah, done. Damn, mm. yeah. Um, strange fashion swearing. We did that one. That one came from Toby. That's this episode, isn't it? And that came from Toby Ra. <laughs> that is this episode, yes. As in She-Ra. As in Bum-Ra. <laughs> Bum-Ra did not make the cut. <laughs> Which was from a early 90s last episode. children's TV programme. Oh, did it not? Oh, it didn't make last episode. Okay. It did no, not. Right. No, it was, a, it was 15 minutes of great 90s TV chat that didn't make the cut. Uh, why not? bonus content and then we recently had a review from Cronus Kun I listen to this podcast every other week and I'm always rolling on the floor laughing I learn a little and laugh much more this is the best history podcast that I've listened to and certainly the best comedy podcast that's very very kind that is very kind that's the sort of thing that gets me up in the morning doing my research that and, Excellent. That and the negative feedback I love the negative feedback we haven't had oh, some of yes. that for a while miserable people telling us what they really <laughs> think <laughs> we got you for that yeah exactly that was wonderful thank you everyone thank you Tom much appreciated and do keep your messages coming into us you can get in touch with us um, oh various different ways you can message us on Instagram uh, we are that was genius you can message us on Facebook uh, that was genius podcast uh, uh, lots of different ways You're that was genius huge <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. initiative <laughs> That was geniuscast at gmail.com if you want to email us. There's a form on the website, that was geniuspodcast.com. There's a load of loads of different ways. Well, everyone, we'll see you on the other side. Be kind to yourselves. Share some other history podcast links if you want. You're doing it again. On our Sam. Facebook groups. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs>